0: Welcome to Untangle, the podcast from Meditation Studio. I'm Patricia Karpis. In this series, we introduce you to real people with extraordinary stories and experts who share how meditation and mindfulness practices change our lives. Our podcast is brought to you by Meditation Studio, Apple's pick as one of the 10 best apps of the year. Why download the app? Because life is messy. We get stressed, anxious, have trouble sleeping, work too hard, feel overwhelmed, deal with conflict, we get our hearts broken, worry about the state of the world, we meditate because we're human. Our app gives you more than 200 meditations from 30 leading teachers. It helps a lot. And your one-time purchase of the app helps to keep our podcast going. Give it a try. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We love having you with us. Today, I interview entrepreneur Rob Dubey. Rob is the president and co-founder of an innovative Detroit-based print company that was recently named one of Forbes' best small companies of 2017. Forbes chose companies that value greatness and integrity with strong leadership. Rob shares the story of how and why he started meditating how his practices helped him personally with his anxiety, and how it's helped him evolve his leadership style. I learn so much from Rob every time we chat. He's a true leader in every sense of the word. Now, here's Rob. Welcome to Untangle. I'm, I'm really so happy to have you here.
1: Thank you for having me. Yeah.
0: So you are a leader and an entrepreneur, and you manage a company from... Detroit, Michigan. I want to start by hearing your story about how you actually started meditation.
1: It was in 2005, actually. And I was somebody who had a lot of anxiety growing up. And then that flowed along with me into my adult life. I started my company in 1991 when I graduated college. Being the anxious person I was and being an entrepreneur, that added some challenges for things. But we were able to be successful. And in 2004, we actually sold our company. As part of the sale. I had to stay on with the company that bought us for a three-year contract or a three-year period of time. My anxiety was at an all-time high. I was having a very difficult time within this large organization. I've been an entrepreneur my whole life, and it was just a different world for me. I'd done some research, learned about meditation. I thought it was interesting, but it just wasn't something that I was doing. I just was thinking about it. One day I was on vacation. I was with my family. They were out enjoying the day as they should have been. I was inside the house doing some work, and my anxiety was quite high that day. And I remember it vividly. I looked over at this chair across the room. And I said to myself, just go sit there for one minute and breathe in and breathe out and see how you feel. You got nothing to lose at this point. And so I literally walked over to that chair and I sat there for a minute or two or three. I'm not really sure how long it was, but I actually did feel better. It wasn't, you know, uh, this huge change, but I felt calmer. That was the start of it. And that just was really what got me into meditating.
0: Did you know anything about meditating before then? Or maybe you had heard about it a little bit and thought, okay, I'm just going to sit down and breathe.
1: Yeah, I've been looking for things to help me with my anxiety. And meditation was something that I had heard about and I had read about. I just had never done it. And so on that particular day, I just decided to do what I remembered. And that was just to sit in a chair and breathe.
0: That's very cool. I want to just (laughs) backtrack for a second, because you said you grew up having a lot of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that from a very early age?
1: I had been through therapy in my adult life, so I had learned where a lot of the things that had happened to me growing up had caused anxiety. I didn't recognize the anxiousness growing up. I just learned what it was as I got older. Once
0: you realized that sitting down and taking deep breaths would help your anxiety, and I'm assuming your anxiety was a lot of like holding your breath or maybe some panic. Is that what it felt like? for you when you were actually having that anxiety in the moment that you went over to sit at that chair?
1: For me, it was frustration through lack of control. That's where it was stemming for me in life in general and at that moment.
0: Once you realized that sitting in that chair and taking some deep breaths was helpful, then you went to get some professional training. Is that what happened next?
1: Yeah, I actually seeked out a meditation teacher in the Detroit area. I found this wonderful woman by the name of Donna Rockwell, who was also a licensed therapist. Just coincidentally, I went in for an appointment with her. And I sat down and she said, so what would you like to talk about? And I said, actually, I'm here to learn how to meditate. I had read that you are a meditation teacher as well. And she said, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, absolutely. What do you want to know? <laughs> and I said, Well, I've sat and I breathed, you know, I tried this, I did that. And she said, yeah, okay, it sounds like you're doing it right. And I said, well, I'd like to sit down, and have you teach me. And I remember we got up and she situated these two chairs and we were facing each other. And she just asked me to close my eyes. And she took me through a guided meditation that was pretty short. At the time, I think we probably sat for five or ten minutes. And then at the end, I asked her, okay, how did I do? And she said, you did fine. You, that's what you do. That's all there is to it. And I wasn't catching on that that was all there was to it. I came back for another appointment, and she asked if I wanted to talk about something else. And I said, no, I want to get to the next level. Like, what's the next thing I need to learn? you taught me a little bit last time. And she said, No, I taught you everything, really. I mean, you've got it, you just need to go ahead and do what I taught you. I asked if we could do it again. And we did. And I just learned that really, it wasn't all that complicated, as much as I was making it in my head,
0: you were doing a simple breath meditation. And is that what you've continued to do for the last so many years since 2004? Mm -hmm. Yes. Were you ever able to get to another level where you felt you were learning more and more? Or was that really all there was
1: to it for you? That's a great question. I feel like it's over this period of 10 or 11 years more aware and present than I ever have. And my anxiety has subsided uh, quite a bit. I do have a practice which I do daily and I'm very diligent about it. Have I changed any of the techniques? Some of the posture and some of the the different things along the way I've learned, there have been little things, but overall, it just really has come back to sitting down and following my breath, being very aware of my thoughts, and then coming back to the breath. I meditate 45 minutes in the morning when I wake up, and then 20 minutes before I go to bed in the evening.
0: How did you learn the principles of mindfulness? So it's one thing to sit down every day, twice a day, and go to retreats and meditate. But you seem to have integrated a lot of the principles of mindfulness into your work as an entrepreneur and into your leadership principles. And I'd love to hear a little bit about how you learned that piece of it, because I don't think that just comes from sitting on the cushion, but maybe it did for you.
1: I became very interested in the whole mindfulness movement. I started going to the Wisdom 2.0 conference, which takes place in San Francisco each year. I've learned a lot from that conference and many books from Jack Kornfield to Jon Kabat-Zinn, Sharon Salzberg are many of the people and many others that I've read and learned so many different things. One thing that always sticks in my mind is Viktor Frankl, which is one of my favorite books, Man's Search for Meaning. He just talks about that moment between stimulus and response and that space there. That's what I feel where mindfulness has really come into play in my day-to-day life because I have a very busy mind. I'm solving a little bit too fast for people and not allowing that space to allow whatever should or could be happening happen that's translated as a better person for me with my family, with my children. And then in my business, just being more aware and present with our team members and knowing what a difference in their day I can make by just being that. I don't need to be the solver. I just need to be present and be very aware and listening. And then as time has gone on, I find the little cues or the little things are starting to come forward that weren't coming before. Those are, without being too dramatic, those are magical moments that I'm noticing with my time with the team here at my company.
0: It sounds like you're a self-study type learner. You learned how to meditate, and so you've had so many improvements in your life, and especially with your anxiety and your relationships. You've learned so much because a lot of what you're talking about, you know, the experts do say, you know, you become more skillful in listening to others and change your mind to be able to focus and concentrate and to put it, put that space between yourself and someone else so that you can give them a platform for speaking and sharing their thoughts. And I'm just curious how these teachings have helped you specifically as an entrepreneur, and how you feel differently now? Mm-hmm.
1: In my circle, and my bubble here in the Detroit area, mentors that I would find had different leadership approaches. I tried them. They didn't work for me, but I couldn't really put my finger on why. So really what I felt like is that I was missing something as a leader when in reality my true self was what I needed to really focus on as a leader within my organization because that was what would work for me. Through my practice and starting to come to that realization, I feel that that has been helpful with my company and the growth of my company.
0: Could you articulate how it's actually changed your company and how it's enabled it to grow and be so successful
1: I think through our leadership that's very focused on presence and awareness. Here we talk more about eliminating the work-life balance and being really focused on life because this is just life. And during our life, we work at this company and we spend some time here together with a group of people. It's just life. Our goal is for us as a team to not just try to get through it so we can go home and have our life balance, which we're always seem to be looking forward to. (laughs) We just want this to be part of life. How can we help our team members have a happier life and a more balanced life? And if we as leaders, while we're working together, can promote that and help that, then when our team members go home and they're with their families and they're in that part of their life, they're happier that will translate to their family being happier and their family's extension from their being happier and their friends and so on we can make that difference in their lives just through these moments these very simple moments that we have together whether they're formal meetings or just connecting in the hallway i think it's an honor and a responsibility that we have as leaders That we make such a difference and it can be very positive or it can go in the other way if we're not really aware of it
0: on your website you've got your list of values which I thought was really great and they are passion to exceed being open and honest thinking like a visionary and having flawless execution Mm -hmm. and I'm wondering if this begins in your hiring practice, because how many employees do you have like 50 plus employees? Yes. So I'm wondering how you think about hiring the right people that are willing to be in this environment that you've created, that is such a strong value driven environment. Do you think anybody is right for that? Or do you think that it really, you know, you hire people that have already sort of bought into that value?
1: that's our goal. In the short time that you go through an interview process and you're trying to get to know people, we're trying to break down the barriers and be very vulnerable. And so we want to do that ourselves and explain how imperfect we really are, even though flawless execution is one of our values, as an example. But we talk about the imperfection of us and our goal being flawless execution and learning from our mistakes very quickly. That's part of it. We're really trying to see if there is a cultural fit, a values fit. And then from there, we have to make sure, obviously, that they can do the job. That's a very important component. Those two have to come together. And then the person needs to get it, want it, and have the capacity to do it. So they get our values, They want the position. They have a passion for what they're coming in to do. And they have the capacity to do it at the level that we need it done. And so those are the things that we're focused on when we go through our hiring process, our reviewing process here. And even in the worst case of scenarios where we might have to part ways with somebody and do that in a really human way.
0: Do you encourage your employees to meditate or is that kind of your thing and if people... Choose, like, how do you separate sort of the mindfulness and values driven culture that you've created from the actual practice of meditation?
1: Well, it's filtering into our organization more, and that I'm sure has a little bit to do with me and a little bit to do with people like yourself who are speaking about this topic and helping people understand it more. I have done some meditation sessions here. There's actually a company locally that has a truck that they bring to your business and you can it's kind of a zen feel you go into this truck and and you they have a home guided meditation session we've had them come oh that's cool yeah we expose our team here and we talk about it and i have a lot of curious questions some have even taken on a practice through many wonderful apps like meditation studio app which is the one i always recommend people start with awesome Yes. (laughs) It's one of my favorites.
0: I'm so happy to hear that. So you are a mindful leader and you set an example. And so this is great that you give your employees opportunities to engage in a way that feels comfortable for them. If you had to sort of outline the characteristics of a mindful leader, what would you say they are? I mean, I know we've talked about like skillful listening. What would you say if you were writing a book or creating a workshop of some sort, what are the characteristics that you think are the most important for a quote-unquote mindful
1: leader? That's a great question. I think being authentic and vulnerable are two that are very key. I mentioned being very aware and present with people, being willing to put away your phone or your electronics and, and just really working very hard at listening without thinking, without solving, without thinking about what's the next thing that you're going to say. And it's a hard thing to do. And that takes practice. So that's, you know, part of where your meditation practice comes in. And then of course, humor. I always like to think about, you know, the things that we do here are very important to us and we're very passionate about them. But sometimes you have to take a step back and laugh a little bit about the importance that sometimes we place on it all. Because at the end of the day, it's not all that important in the grand scheme of things. So let's just do the best work that we can do as passionately as we can do it with a sense of humor along the way.
0: That is great. I love that. You mentioned being vulnerable. And I think this is one of the hardest areas for a leader or for many leaders that feel like they have to set an example or they can't admit that they're wrong or on the other side of the coin, you know, you have to be right all the time. What advice would you give to a leader so that they would feel more comfortable being vulnerable?
1: You don't have all the answers, that's impossible. At least that's for me. I don't have all the answers. I know my strengths and I try to focus on those and have really wonderful people uh, around that have all their strengths that that can complement my non-strengths. I think that's kind of where it starts for me.
0: Yeah. Can you think of a situation, a real sort of Actual situation where you have been vulnerable and sort of admitted something that felt uncomfortable for you, but you were maybe glad you did it because it was part of your practice?
1: I had a meeting today. Oh, good. I had a meeting today with somebody who works directly for me with this particular person. He feels at times the way I address certain ways that I might push the envelope with him, it may come across as though. I want that done now. But what I'm really saying is here's some thoughts, ideas for you to take away. Let him swim around in your mind and maybe something will click and maybe you'll take action on something and maybe you won't. But I can tell from his body language where he was feeling A lot of pressure from what I was saying. I asked him, and I felt this was being vulnerable in asking him what I could do better. I didn't feel I was leading well in that moment. So somehow I felt as though I was coming across strong, coming across as though I had an expectation and it wasn't being met. I didn't feel that way inside. I really wanted to know what I could do better as a leader so he wouldn't feel that way. I had to take a step back and ask those questions. Stop talking about these thoughts that I had and take it a step back and and say, where can I improve right now? Because I feel an energy from you that as if you're feeling drained and I feel low energy, how can I change that? That's a hard thing to ask for many for myself in a leadership position.
0: How did he respond?
1: He was very appreciative. We had a conversation about our dynamic with each other. We've worked together a long time. We've been through a lot of ebbs and flows in our business and in our leadership growth. And so we got to have a conversation about our relationship and the dynamic that we have and how we can support each other better. And my goal is to be a lifter upper, not a dragger downer.
0: I really like what you're saying about, you know, you thought you were pushing the envelope, but if you think you're pushing the envelope and it's received by somebody as pushing their button, it's it's almost like a wasted moment because you don't end up achieving your goal anyway to sort of stop in your tracks and say, this doesn't look like it's working for either of us. I think that's a really great thing. And I think that's something that's so
1: hard for people, isn't it? I think so. I
0: want to ask you one more thing, which is, have you done many silent retreats?
1: I've done four okay. seven-day silent retreats.
0: Tell us quickly, like, what do you really gain from sitting in silence for seven days at a time? What's, what's happening for you?
1: The first thing I'll tell you is that it's a real gift that you can give to yourself. Uh, it was a gift I felt that I gave to myself, just turning everything off. If anything, your brain will thank you. What I gained in the experience was just a deeper level. When the retreat starts, you kind of still have a lot of the present thoughts, a lot of the stuff that's going on in your life now as the retreat goes on. Those things start to sort of filter away, and there's some deeper things that arise. And the practice, of, you know, all day really focusing on your breath and letting those thoughts arise and coming back to the breath. It's a real practice doing that each and every day without anything else really that comes next. If anything for me, what it did was it allowed me some space in my life to really hone in on the practice so I could put it to good use when I was back in my day-to-day regular life.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Is there any else that you want to share about mindfulness and leadership or anything that we haven't covered that you'd like to bring up at this point?
1: I would love to share with you this guide that I'm 80% complete with, do nothingbook.com. The guide is really a leadership challenge to the entrepreneur and the leadership and people of this world about not just starting a practice, but actually going on a seven-day retreat, a silent retreat. I think as leaders and as entrepreneurs, many of us, uh, we can really make a difference in the world because we have this connection with all these people who work at our companies and how we can affect their day-in and day-out outlook on the world for themselves, I think a great way of doing that, in my experience of really enhancing your practice and giving yourself that gift of sort of completely disconnecting Seeing things from a much clearer viewpoint is to go on a retreat, a silent retreat. I'm a big advocate of that for people.
0: Yeah. And I like what you're saying about it having a big impact on your company, but also, you know, you have this quote on your website, which is one of your commitments to your customers, which is every moment is a chance to give and to exceed your expectations. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a beautiful way to say, I want to have a positive impact.
1: I completely agree.
0: Rob, thank you so much for being with us today. I'm, I'm, it's great to hear your story and all of these, the great work that you're doing. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. I just want to say this was an honor. I'm humbled to be here, and I'm your number one fan.
0: Yay. Thank you so much. Thanks so much to Rob for joining us on Untangle today. We'll let you know when his upcoming book called Do Nothing becomes available. If you have feedback or suggestions for guests, email us at, Patricia at meditationstudioapp.com. And don't forget to check out Meditation Studio in the App Store or on Google Play. We'll see you next week.